Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR, 8.55am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in from any land, and for that matter, any First Nations people all over the planet. And we acknowledge that all the lands on this large island and many, if not most, if not all, surrounding islands were stolen and never ceded, and that reconciliation is very much an ongoing process. I'm Sally Goldner. I use the pronouns she and her. Welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this show is Out of the Pan, a show covering, well, as our message says, pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. But we're going even further today, which um, I'll talk about in a second, um, because we're talking about, well, the part of LGBTIQA plus that perhaps sometimes has got the least attention and is perhaps least um, deeply understood. And um, if you want to get in touch with the show and ask questions about that, um, or have queries, we don't like, we love those too, out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456 751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And you can look for posts on Facebook on my page, Sally Goldner, and on Out of the Pan. 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Remember, any opinions I express on this program are strictly my own and not those of any organisation with which I have been or and or am associated. You can also write into the show, as you can for anything to do with 3CR, at PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Um, I'll just do a general content note today. Make Things may come up. Um, talk about why in a minute. Um, switchboard, um, in, which is part of Q Life around us, um, this country, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. Rainbow Door, one eight hundred seven two nine three six seven. Well, why did we open up with Dragon, the Body and the Beat from their early eighties album of that name? Bodies have lots of parts and muscles and sinews and tissues, and they include sex characteristics. And despite um, what people think, there are not just two. Um, sets of sex characteristics of, you know, we'll say, roughly four billion um, each for everyone on the, um, so to speak, on the planet. There are lots of variations of sex characteristics, and that is the I for intersex in LGBTIQA plus, and it's often not talked about. And I thought, well, why not talk about it, or better still, communicate about it with someone of lived expertise? And I'm joined on the line by Agley Zavros or Agley. Um, welcome to Three CR. If this is particularly, if this is your first time. It is, and I'm very pleased to be with you and your listeners. Great to have you with us, Agley. Um, and if it's okay to ask, can I check in with which pronouns you use, if any? I use they, them, and their, but sometimes people will use um, she, her, um, and that's okay. Um, I am, I do identify as queer for different reasons and in, um, in terms of understanding a very unusual body that I I was born with that um, is in the process of defining itself. <laughs> um, well, true. But, um, you know, I have grown up female, um, you know, and um, most of my loved ones do still like to call me, to see me as as ugly, female, um, girl, woman. And, um, 
you know, that's okay too. It's, it's, it doesn't bother me. But um, yeah, generally, I, I don't describe to gender categories. Sounds like that sounds like a fair thing to me. Cat, <laughs> category schmattery, um, as we yeah, like that's to say. It. <laughs> um, boxes, schmoxes, and all that sort of thing. But yes. um, your body keeps defining itself. That's a really yeah. great lead-in, I think. If it, you know, there's Absolutely. lots of ways to discuss variation of sex characteristics, aka intersex. Um, yes. Let's just make sure that um, all our listeners, I know our listeners, um, including our frequently recurring awesome listeners, may be aware, but for some who aren't, um, Mm. you know, what exactly do we mean by intersex and where does, um, and perhaps you touched on being queer as well, where does that fit into the proverbial rainbow? It might be two questions just to get us rolling. Fair enough. So we are all, um, I suppose, a genetic makeup of our ancestors. Um, you know, we are, we come, you know, we are um, created inside our mother's womb um, and lots of things happen inside the womb. Um, and one of the things that we know happens is that around, you know, 12 weeks, um, the um, there's a, a process that happens which um, changes the sexual characteristics of, Um, The fetus, um, some of that is unseen to the naked eye. So in my case, um, at that point, um, there was the switch didn't go off to say, okay, Egli, you've got XY chromosomes. I wasn't Egli then, of course. Okay, baby or fetus, (laughs) you know, the switch didn't go off. So, um, you know, I would have perhaps if the switch had gone on, kept developing as what we understand a male body to develop, but it didn't. It um, just kept developing in other ways. And so I was born with XY chromosomes. Um, Everything was fine. Um, No questions asked. Um, I had all the the parts that we normally understand uh, are the sexual parts of a female body. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so for your listeners, there's two parts that we need to understand. One is the primary sex characteristics, and then there is secondary sex characteristics. Um, so, you know, the body develops, and as I as I said, it kept developing. I was very much a tomboy, lived the natural life, um, no questions asked, just you know, happy childhood until the the point where puberty did not set in for me. And so uh, for a number of others, there are critical points where they find that something's not as it's expected. Um, And of course, we're using medical models to understand bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And we know that our Indigenous peoples have lived with these variations and understand them differently. Um, And it would be wonderful if we have people in the community who with um, knowledge um, in this space to actually be, you know, if they have and if it's safe um, to share that knowledge in in a way that we can also understand bodies and the development um, from an intersex perspective, um, from an Indigenous perspective, I should say. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Can I just, I might just um, hop in there. Because Absolutely. I think that's really good timing. In the last week, I had on the show um, Tom from Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency, and they're running 
um, workshops for people, I'll say, at the intersection of um, yarning circles, to be precise, um, people mm. at the intersection of all of the Rainbow and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, which I think is very much needed. Yeah. And I, I have to admit I was not aware of um, what you just um, mentioned about intersex and Indigenous communities. And I think that's yeah. a really good point to make because it shows Absolutely. how much binaries of sex characteristics and gender identity slash expression yeah. are so westernised. Um, yeah. And is, you know, just um, so, cri- so you know, just um, what a fabrication this um, mm. damn binaries are. And for that matter on sexuality, um, to some extent Indeed. still where people think ignore by by plus people so yeah look that's a that's a really good point and Mm. um i think there's some great um synergy i Mm. from my perspective as someone who is neither indigenous and is i'll say endosex um someone whose sex characteristics fit medical Mm. models um i think that's um something that i i well there you go i've just learned something i think there's something i can take away already (laughs) And we're only well, a quarter of an hour in. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sally, it's interesting because, and there's not a lot um, ha- that has been written or talked about in this space in terms of, you know, how colonization has impacted on bodies um, through the medical model um, of defining, you know, bodies as being one or the other um, mm-hmm. in that binary. Um, and so it, it's, you know, I'm sort of, interested to find out and I've been doing a little bit of research in the medical archives to see if I can find anything where there are have been surgeries um, done. Um, we know that intersex has existed since the beginning of time. Um, we are finding um, remains of bodies that have um, archaeologists have dug up and they are doing research and have identified that some of those, the, one of the bodies that they found and, um, you know, has XY chromosomes. Um, mm. You know, there are people who have maybe held positions of leadership or, you know, um, significant positions within their societies that do have variations in sex characteristics, but they were just perceived as unique people um, with unique um, qualities, unique gifts, if you like, mm-hmm. um, that fitted within the the belief systems, value systems um, of those societies. And um, we still are digging at that space. So there's a lot of knowledge around this that has been subjugated, um, suppressed, hidden, um, archived, that we need to dig up um, and explore further so that we get a really holistic picture of what has happened to people born with variations in sex characteristics um, across history. Absolutely Including so. our Indigenous people. Hear, hear. You know, I think that's a really good point. And I mean, <clears throat> on a parallel note, if I can put it this way, I'm, I think of, um, you know, the people in you know, North, um, what is now Americas, um, in the Americas, mm. you know, the two-spirit who were revered and, of course, um, now face so much, you know, and valued, um, which is what we need to do for diversity and all its unique yeah. qualities, and we're not doing that. I just wanted mm. to come back to um, issues of primary and secondary um, sex characteristics, um, yep. just get you to um, drill into that more a little, a little on each and what we mean yep. by that and what are the sort yep. of... Um, characteristics we're talking about. Yeah. 
Um, so I suppose in a sense, there's lots of parts that make our bodies like um, hormones, chromosomes, um, you know, sort of um, different um, chemical. I'm not a doctor, so please forgive me for my, you know, I don't have the right terminology, but in terms of um, karyotypes, um, there's, there might be some links um, that have been hinted to that could be genetically passed on, uh, particular characteristics that are passed on. But secondary, uh, primary sex characteristics are really that those fundamental characteristics that kick in um, when the baby's in utero or the fetus is in utero that start the process moving. And then there's a process um, which can be understand as, you know, that external where we develop, um, you know, our genitalia, what that might look like, the tissue around there, um, around the genitalia, also the internal sex organs, um, reproductive organs. Um, and then they keep, bodies keep developing over time. So secondary mm. sex characteristics keep developing. They develop through puberty. So we start to see when then there's a process where hormones kick in and the body starts changing, the body shape changes, um, our physicality changes, um, puberty, um, you know, as we understand it, um, you know, and one of the things that's really important is for us to, uh, we have an understanding of primary and secondary sex characteristics, again, from a medical model. Yeah. And I think we need to explore these further and to invite our um, experts in this space to share the knowledge in terms of so that we actually have greater agency in terms of understanding what our bodies are about. So I'm on a learning journey as are a number of other people with um, variations in sex characteristics as we try and dig up what that means for us because every variation and there's about 40 variations that we know that plays out differently. So for someone who has Klein filters, which is XXY, mm -hmm. that will play out differently. For someone who has Turner's syndrome, that will play out differently. For me, I have Swires syndrome, so XY Swires, and that plays out differently. So we can't put everyone in the same basket and talk mm. about it in a stereotypical way, in the way we have done to date with male and female bodies, um, we need to understand the complexity of the body. And of course, we know that bodies change across the lifespan. Mm. So that has to be figured into it as well. And um, hormone production, hormone levels. Um, there's a lot of stories shared around what hormones do in our bodies. Why do we need hormones? Um, that I think we need to explore in greater detail and to give people knowledge and understanding of, you know, hormones and how they work in the body. There's some, um, I suppose, and I'm not a doctor, so um, mm -hmm. viewers uh, or listeners, if you're listening to this, please go in and um, do some exploration. But uh, one of the pieces that I got that I I've still haven't figured out is that how the body works with testosterone and how the body works with estrogen. And so, we need to understand this. And so when we introduce, 
you know, hormones that are manufactured through our pharmaceutical companies and conglomerates. We need to understand that those are manufactured hormones and then they have implications um, on then the body's own chemistry. Um, and that's, I'm talking about that from lived experience because it took a long time for me to figure out which hormones worked for my body. And got, mm. I got to a point where I realized actually none of them are working the way I would like them to work. Um, all of them had side effects um, that impacted on my health and well-being. And so it's important that we do get our doctors to, to speak to us more um, respectfully, mm-hmm. um, more, um, I suppose, uh, respectfully in the way that they understand that we are the agents of our bodies. Nobody owns my body other than me. Mm-hmm. And so I have a right to every piece of information that's relevant about the care of that body. And I think there's this element of doctors know best, or you're just a, a, a very, you're a common person, you're someone, you know, mm. who has, who doesn't have the expertise, you haven't been to medical school. Um, so yes, you're not going to be able to cope with this information. That's not there for them to make that decision. Absolutely, They need to be sharing that, this, that information with us, um, with families of children, and then for that information to be, you know, managed and shared with children across their lifespan in age-appropriate ways. Yep. Oh, look, absolutely. You know, look, it's uh, – well, I could probably just respond to that with that one word. I mean, there's so much in what you've said that there is a whole range of intersex variations. They're yep. all valid. They're um, all important. I liked um, something that there's so much in there, but there was one thing that really sort of had a nice, happy, um, environmentally friendly light bulb come on for me where you talked about valuing the unique qualities of intersex. I mean, that's so important in -hmm. all aspects of diversity in life that we value the positives people bring. And we certainly don't, we'll say, treat people negatively in any way because they're from a certain group. I'd like to explore that a bit more. You know, what are some of the unique qualities First of all, for you as the particular individual um, that you are, as someone of intersex experience, and then maybe broadening it out to people um, of intersex experience more generally and more broadly. That's a a good question. And I feel a little bit sad in in formulating a response because we have focused so much on the negative. Mm. Um, We have focused on the stigma, the pathologization of bodies, um, with the, you know, hiding of bodies that we don't really um, understand their unique qualities. Um, so I can talk from lived experience. I've mm-hmm. met over the last um, how many years now since I've joined the community, maybe four or five years um, that I've been part of the community. I've met people who are doing amazing things in their lives, that they're making amazing choices in terms of um, career paths. Um, They're creative people. They are, um, you know, often agents of change all around the world, you know, very forthcoming, um, you know, um, respectful, uh, but also very much, you know, people who have a fire in their belly and want to, 
um, change the world for the better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is about being intersex, but I know the people that I've met who are intersex are most amazing people, um, you know, and um, I respect them deeply. Um, of course, there are parts that have been entered into the sporting arena in terms of bodies that are built, you know, um, with greater strength and agility and stamina. Um, and that's been debated around in sports spaces about, you know, um, perhaps some bodies that are um, fit within a particular um, intersex um, variation um, are um, advantaged in particular ways that, um, you know, and we, you know, often those people are, people are stigmatized and discriminated against in other ways. Um, I think for me, if we start to go there, we have to look at everybody. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was really interesting when Fina came forward and started talking mm. about, you know, sex characteristics and, you know, um, or, you know, particular female bodies that had particular characteristics that had particular strengths and qualities that they were putting other female bodies in that um, in the swimming pool at a disadvantage. Uh, but I sort of had to laugh because I thought, well, we're making reference to hands and feet and muscles and body movement. Um, I'm not, I have XY chromosomes. I don't fit within that particular category um, because I, you know, it was, uh, um, you know, of puberty and all of the ways that they've defined the logistics of that. Um, I'll leave that there because that's another, another thing. And I'm not an expert in that space, but um, I'm not a very good swimmer. (laughs) I've Mm. got big hands. I've got big feet, but the thing that I can't do very well is swim. <laughs> I can do mm-hmm. backstroke. And so if I have to save myself, I do, I do backstroke. <laughs> but I'm not a very good swimmer. Um, and so I think we need to move away from this moral panic about bodies to actually better understanding and celebrating bodies rather than, you know, stigmatizing, discriminating, um, and putting bodies, you know, at risk. Um, because I'm sure that people who are, you know, who have experienced um, that kind of stigma and discrimination, the mental health mm. stress strain that is put on them is a concern. And for me, that just, um, you know, um, we need to celebrate bodies. We need to, everybody is unique. Um, and as you know, Sally, we've talked about, yep. You know, the, the, the rainbow aspect of this as well, and that with people who are born with uh, variations in sex characteristics, they can also identify differently in terms of their gender and sexuality. Mm. Um, and that's also something that we should celebrate um, and welcome, just like we do it for every other community. But there's an element here that happens which conflates the issue and confuses the issue um, that um, intersex bodies are, you know, are not necessarily going to be gay or lesbian or bi or trans. That's mm. um, something we know um, from research doesn't happen. It's, um, you know, we, and we don't know the details. We don't know how bodies work and why people 
you know, who may be intersex, may be gay or, or lesbian or trans or bi, and others remain hetero, um, heterosexual. There's research that we can do in that area, and I'm, I'm starting to do some research in that space with colleagues um, in um, other parts of the world to try and get to um, an understanding of what that's about. Um, but, you know, again, it's not something we should have a moral panic about. And um, as doctors do and assume, oh, um, okay, a secondary sexual parts that are a little bit um, confusing. What does this mean? Is this person going to be... Um, you know, queer and what do we do to make sure that, you know, there's a homophobic element mm. that taps into this as well that um, I think we need to just take away from the, the conversation and just say, let's, let's just celebrate the body itself, um, welcome it, and then make sure it's healthy and well. Um, and then let's, let's see what it tells us, yeah. you know, just like we do. Let's just see what this body tells us it wants. And let's support it in the decisions it's made, it, you know, in what it tells us. And then, you know, the per, it's that person's body and that person has a unique relationship with that body. And so, you know, we need to leave that and nurture it in a way that is respectful um, and doesn't cause harm. That's the priority for me, um, not to cause harm. Yeah, look, absolute, absolutely so. And I, I just, again you know, sort of just on the button, um, you know, <laughs> that we need to respect bodies in all their ways, whether we call it sex or aspects of gender identity, gender diversity, yeah. size, shape, functioning, the whole caboodle and many, many others. Um, you know, you've sort of let in there about respecting bodies. And I think one of the things that perhaps, um, you know, we've sort of – I as someone who works in my, as I call it, my mild-mannered day job as a diversity educator, but beginning yep. to get a little more understanding about intersex for a long time. It was you come in, start handing out materials, and people go, intersex? What? I never heard the word. But um, I think the thing we need to now be moving to to get a little further is what endosex, E-N-D-O-S-E-X, mm. people can do to increase their allyship to intersex people to ensure the outcomes of will say equity and justice can exist for people who experience intersex. What, what sort of things um, would you like to see happen? Absolutely. Look, um, we do want to work with um, everyone, both people who are het identify as heterosexual and people who identify as um, part of the LGBTQ, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, the rainbow family, if you like, um, to understand what intersex means and also what it does not mean. Yep. Um, I think that's the first step. Um, I think one of the things that I hear constantly from the community is I want to not be the person who educates about mm. what intersex means. There's a lot of information available now, especially on our, um, you know, in our peak bodies, um, and that's ERA, um, Intersex Human Rights Australia, and IPSA, um, Intersex Peace Support Australia. Those are two spaces where there's a wealth of information that people can view, um, they can um, explore, they can sort of, um, and we've made sure that it's rich information, that's information relevant for different communities, mm -hmm. whether you are a business, whether you are 
a medical practitioner, whether you're an educator, whether you're a counselor. Um, Bonnie Hart, a, a colleague and dear friend of mine, has mm -hmm. developed some amazing resources that are part of the Yellow Tick um, initiative um, where there is training available. But if you want to download those resources from the Yellow Tick, um, and um, Sally and I will give you the links mm -hmm. um, to that. Um, you can use those resources for your own learning, um, which maps um, what people of an intersex variation need across the lifespan from birth to death. Um, you know, um, and I'm sorry that I'm mentioning, you know, the other end, but, you mm -hmm. know, the, the whole span of our life is really important. Um, what we need to do across different sectors, whether it be, um, you know, um, social services, um, housing, um, you know, directing funding for effective health, um, health and mental health models um, to be developed with um, practitioners that support uh, people who are born with variations in sex characteristics who may find out about their variation later in life or, you know, from puberty mm. onwards. And it, sh it sends them into a shock um, of then going, oh, what does this mean? Who am I? Why is my body not the way that, it, um, that I assumed it to be? And so we need services to help people better understand. And the best model for that is to have peace support services, to have, mm. you know, services that are, you know, run by community. And so I think similar to what's happened in the, um, with the rainbow model and the rainbow community, we need to uh, also create um, services and direct funding to services that are led by the intersex human rights movement with a very strong human rights focus so that we can actually shift um, the experience from a negative one to a, a more positive one, um, linking people to others who live with lived experience so that they can get a better understanding of what is going on and what might happen for them. Um, there's amazing face groups that um, have been set up by different um, you know, um, administrators with different variations that support, um, you know, so it's, it's, but we can direct people to those spaces if we know who they are. And one of the issues, as you know, Sally, with this is mm. we do, are working with very, um, very much an invisible community. Yeah. And so um, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to your listeners because we want people to come forward. And one of the things that's important is for organizations to work on their um, forms, um, on their websites where people are identifying and to think um, respectfully about how we might start to make this population group visible so that we can start to see what, you know, how many people with an intersex variation are homeless what are the issues? How many people with an intersex variation are experiencing unemployment? Um, we know from the sociological study that there are some issues here. And so we need to be looking and keep looking and seeing what the needs of these various, these various um, groups 
are so that we can actually meet their needs rather than just sort of saying intersex, intersex, intersex. We actually now have to move to saying intersex where, intersex what, um, mm. and, you know, so that we can say, okay, what do each people, which, you know, like people who are born in uh, poorer communities, in marginalized communities, their needs might be different to someone like me who has been very privileged to be in a family that has supported me, has educated me, um, has allowed me to hold this position where I can speak confidently and use my knowledge and expertise to advocate for the needs of those that are less able to do so. Yep. Um, again, let's, yeah, we'll pop in um, certainly um, a, few, a couple of those links um, being in particular Intersex Human Rights Australia, Intersex Peer Support Australia into the um, the link to the podcast um, as well, which will go up um, not long after the show. Um, but the reason I got you on at this on this particular day, or roughly this time of year, is we're coming up to two intersex um, important days for people of intersex experience and those who support them. Um, I just I wanted to also just get a bit of background on that because sometimes um, they sort of get noticed um, in sort of we'll say rainbow event rainbow calendars. Yes. Perhaps people don't understand them. Let's start um, on October twenty six. Yep. So October 26th is the day that um, has emerged as the day for us to be thinking about um, learning um, and understanding what intersex means. It's um, about raising awareness and um, hopefully a day where people can um, see the flag um, across our cities, um, in different locations, and sometimes that can prompt people to think oh what does that mean and once they start looking into it and that's what happened for me once they start looking into it they go oh okay Mm. so that might be about me um, I need to talk to you know someone about that and I talked to my GP in the first instance after becoming aware of the flag Um, but generally it's it's got two things one is awareness but also um, a celebratory um, element where our community can celebrate its achievements, um, its achievements across the globe. We have become more unified globally as a community. We have um, made lots of um, headway into both international and national um, law in terms of intersex human rights. Uh, Morgan Carpenter, our, um, you know, um, who works um, as our CEO for ERA, has just come back from um, Geneva where he's been working with people there um, on the topic of intersex human rights, Mm -hmm. um, looking at, you know, how the language around it, what's the correct language, what's the correct, um, you know, um, information that we should be distributing around each variation. So it's a celebratory um, process as well as an awareness process but what we ask is if people are going to include the flag and celebrate with us that they do it they do it respectfully mm-hmm. um, and they do have some information available like you know councils um, doctors um, 
mental health organizations that wanted to uh, be part of this human rights movement also include, don't just include the flag, include some information about where Got to get you. better information and where to get support. Um, and again, the best place in Australia is through ERA or IPSA. Gotcha. I think that's a really good thing. You know, I, you know I'm all symbol, symbolic stuff has its place. It's useful, but without the information and the learning, it's sort of, you know, it's just, oh, okay, we've raised a lot of awareness, but you know, where are we now? We haven't, you know, yeah. sort of moved forward. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm all for that. Um, yeah. I think that's a really um, great I think mode. also in terms of the last thing, um, we are working on legislation across the mm. country in Victoria, yes. in the ACT. So, you know, one of the things that we want is we want to get politicians to take this space seriously, yep. to shift the discourse from a medical discourse to one where we are looking at the human rights of babies um, and people. Um, and so if anyone has any power or any capacity to work with us in this space, um, to step forward and to say, look, I want to walk with you. I want to stand by you. Mm -hmm. um, I want to provide some resources, whether funding or other kinds of resources, to help get this happening. Um, you know, anything like that I think is really useful because – but it has to happen in a respectful manner that respects our agency in doing Absolutely. this work rather than a coercive – because we've already had enough coercion in our mm. lives – it needs to be a process that is we're standing by you. How can we walk with you? Um, how can we amplify your needs and concerns to make sure that legislation is happening so only surgeries happen when they need to yep. um, and with personal informed consent? Um, that's really important for me. Absolutely. Um, look, um, you know, to totally agree. It, um, you know, it's sort of, um, the, on, again, on all aspects, the legislation is just so much needed and the ACT consultation on a piece of draft law has now yes. finished and we're hoping for action probably uh, the latest I heard, I think was early next year to turn that, um, draft bill into a possible law, which would be, yes. um, as, as I understand it, close, close to world standard. Ho hopefully we can get it to... Your, when I say we, yes. um, we can get it to a you know, perfect standard as desired. Um, <laughs> yes. And so I think it's a good time between Intersex Awareness Day on October 26. Well, it's any time's a good time, but um, Intersex Awareness Day, October 26. And then there's also, also Intersex Day of Remembrance, a.k.a. That's Intersex right. Solidarity, Solidarity That's Day right. on the 8th of November. So there's that sort of... What is it? Um, about um, two weeks or so, where we can really get these issues um, into yeah. um, the the spotlight and um, get some progress. Absolutely. Uh, um, look, I think that's just we're just about we're coming towards the end of the show. And I think, we're, as far as I can tell, we've got everything covered. We've covered a great range of things, basics 
um, what people need to do to be solid allies um, and start moving things mm. forward, all those sorts of things. But I just, I will check at this point, Agley, um, is there anything more you'd like to add? Um, anything you think we might have missed or something there you jotted a note down? Oh, we didn't quite get to cut, discuss that <laughs> because I've got, a, I've got a page full of notes oh. all, over, all over my program schedule. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I, couldn't, I can talk about this all day. Um, mm. I suppose one last thing and... Um, I've recently um, attended the Early Childhood um, Conference um, where we did present to early care um, providers, um, um, directors, um, educators about making early learning centres safe for um, intersex families. So if anyone's out there who is linked to an early learning centre and wants to work with me on how to make early learning spaces safe for families with um, an, a baby that is born with an intersex variation, please stay um, get in contact with me. Um, I'd like to work with you to sort of figure out how we might do that. There was a huge response. Um, so, you know, I, th- I thank all of the uh, those that attended for connecting with us. Um, I did have an ally. Um, you know, um, my friend, um, you know, um, Peter, who worked with me in that presentation, um, and uh, I've just gone blank with Peter's surname. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> oh, we but, all um, do it. I can, yeah, it's, um, but, you know, just please do get in contact with me if you are in the early learning space and you do want to make the early learning space safe for families and children with a variation in sex characteristics. Cool. Um, all right, then. And that just leads, I suppose, to one last, um, we'll call it the admin. If people do want to contact you, what is the best way for them to do that? Is it via um, one of the websites you mentioned? Is there another way, um, non-binary options? Yeah. Um, what's a good way, the best yeah, look, few ways to get in touch with you? Absolutely. So the, um, the two best ways of engaging is through the websites because if you don't get to me, you'll get to someone else in our community mm-hmm. who can assist you. So go to ero, um, um, ihra.org.au or um, the IPSA. Um, and I did, I don't have the um, the website with me, Sally. Um, I will. Um, I, th- I think it's. Um, I always have to do this myself because if I just put in I've got IHRA, blank with that one, but anyway, IHRA, I um, end up yeah. with the International Hot Rod Association Australia. That's it. Um, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, and so we've got to get it right. It's era.org.au um, yes. for that one. And for um, IPSA, I wonder what I'm, I'm, I, this is live radio people of all bodies um, and genders. Let's see what comes up. I've come up with the Civil Defence and Construction Contract. Um, <laughs> Contractors by just putting in um, IPSA. So let's go IPSA. Intercept. Where would we be without the internet? That's right. So um, it's isupport.org.au. I'll pop those That's two it. links. I'll hyperlink them into the podcast so that um, we all know where we, we can if end you up do there want as to quickly get, as possible. Um, That's it. If you do want to get in contact with me personally, um, the best place is um, through diversity wise which is my consultancy um, and I can do PD with people um, across all different sectors working with children and families and my email for that is egli A-G-L-I, yep. at diversitywise 
www.ai.com.au. Cool. All right. Well, um, we'll um, you know, sort of pop a few links into the, um, the as I say, to the um, description of the podcast and the hyperlinks. Um, Agley, absolutely awesome to have you on the show. Um, as I say, I think that we do need to move oh, forward beyond you. the you know, sort of the 101 of internet. People have some awareness of the issue of surgeries, but it's now how do we stop these happening and get full support for the full range of intersex variations. I think it was an information-packed conversation, so I'll let you get back to your Sunday. (laughs) And um, all the best for everything that you do. Thank you, everyone, and I wish you a safe Sunday um, and a restful one. Thanks very much. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Hi, 3CR listeners. It's Sally from Out of the Pan here. Hope you're doing well. 3CR's currently having a subscriber drive, and we'd really ask you to see if you're not a subscriber already to support us in becoming one. There's lots of reasons. You can support the diverse radio that is 3CR. In particular, you can support Out of the Pan, and right now queer and in particular trans and gender diverse people need your support in relation to the so-called religious discrimination bill, but also to talk about the great positive things that queer people and allies achieve, and Out of the Pan does that. You also get to have a say, a vote, in the running of the station. So, please consider it. I can't say you'll be able to pass a motion that will get rid of the puns on out of the pan, but, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. So call on 9419 8377 or go to our website at 3cr.org.au to join. And we'd love to have you cooking in the pan with us. Throughout October... Vaka is hosting a series of rainbow yarning workshops for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. The workshops will include guest speakers presenting on a range of topics for LGBTIQA communities and support services. To take part, visit the Victorian Aboriginal Childcare Agency's Facebook page to register. The Victorian Aboriginal Childcare Agency is a 3CR supporter. Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three CR dot org dot AU three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. What a great conversation with Agley Zavrosor, an intersex person of intersex experience. Um, I just, as I say, I don't think there's enough conversation um, about these things, and um, you know, just needs to be so much more about it. Um, and as part of queer media, and although that message was recorded some months ago, um, still pretty relevant um, overall, and did it without moving my lips. So that is the second um, previous message you heard. And yes, don't um, remember the rainbow yarning workshops put on by Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency going on throughout October. Um, other media can't get enough queer media, and um, if you tune in from nine o'clock. On Friday night to channel 31 slash 44, you'll get Lance TV and Bent TV. 
um, which is always a good thing. Um, you might also be able to get a bowl of alphabet soup in Melbourne's inner north um, this coming Tuesday. And um, um, all sorts of things happening and the Trans Anxiety Group um, next Saturday and the Shed for um, Trans Mask Non-Binary next Sunday. Um, to the more immediate future, um, coming up on Freedom of Species with Nick and the team, um, Ruth Abbey will be talking about veganism in the Australian Animal Justice Party. And that's um, a good point. How does that um, sort of fit in both with the policy and day-to-day? We'll tune in to the fabulous crew from Freedom of Species um, as soon as this show finishes or catch their podcast and you'll be able to find out all about just that. Rotations at two and queering the air at three. So lots of great reasons to keep it locked on 3CR. Um, yep. Um, what else has been going on? Um, I haven't spoken a lot about the situation where the um, short tenure of a certain football club CEO. Um, just what what else can I really say? So much um, that just was ridiculous about that. How can someone be on a, a committee that appoints themselves to a major executive job? Um, you know, and all the um, freedom warriors are shaking their fists. Um, well. There's a few things I'd say to that. Um, you know, the person's views were incompatible with the values of the organisation, which is why perhaps he shouldn't have appointed him, been part of a process that appointed himself. But um, also, um, the other thing I'd say is leaders have to walk to a higher standard of accountability. I know that's a novel concept in this day and age. I'll just get my tongue put um, back in the middle of my face and not coming out one ear um, rather than being tongue-in-cheek or anything like that but we need to do it and freedom of religion does not mean religion is free to do and say whatever it wants it has a right uh, freedom of religion and worship is a right to um, a belief in your place of worship that's yours without persecution from the state authority but it doesn't mean you have a right to have anti-social values and views that put harm on a group of people, saying that a whole group of people are sinners or um, people who, you know, sort of um, have abortions, you know, that, um, attacking them. That's just not on. And the moment you start saying them in, set, in broader society, no matter who you are, whether it's from a religious perspective or not, um, no. All right, there's my little, um, there's my pulpit for a Sunday. Um, there you go. I'd better get out of here, make way for Nick and the crew from Freedom of Species. Take it out today with Richard Clapton from his 1982 album, um, which was best known for I'm an Island with Barnsey doing lead vocals, but I'm not going to do that track today. Um, a track with the Universal, both um, members of cultures all ghosted, as they say, on this album um, um, called um, The Great Escape. And uh, here is one of Australia's great music icons, Richard Clapton. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. (laughs) 